Hello and welcome to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I'm Noah, and I'm here with... Kayla! Today we're talking about three movies. Three, three. new movies! Three new, new 2020 movies. releases! Yeah, how many times have we, have we been able to say that? None. Very few. Very few, yes. <laughs> Obviously, all three of these are streaming movies uh, across multiple platforms. So we've got Palm Springs, which is on Hulu. We got First Cow, which is on Video On Demand. Right. And then we've got The Old Guard, which is a Netflix original. So you can definitely check these movies out if you haven't already. Yeah, yeah. So they're 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 widely available and we'll get into each one individually, but I think it's interesting looking at them cuz I feel like they each represent like a very specific brand where Palm Springs feels very much like a Hulu original and The Old Guard feels very much like a Netflix original and First yes, Cow feels do. very much like a VOD release. So it's really interesting to kind of look at each one and kind of compare and contrast these three movies, we can just jump right into it. We can kind of give more like for we can go just movie by movie. I guess we'll start with Palm Springs, which again is a Hulu original, which I mean, I feel like they're doing more of now. I feel like over the last eight months, there's been more. But yeah, they have a, a lot that are more niche. That's kind of their thing is doing kind of low budget horror originals. Little monsters. Yeah, like stuff that's not usually or like TV shows of theirs have done really well. Like Handmaid's Tale. I think they've kind of been trying to buy up movies more. Yeah. Um, kind of like Netflix has been doing or Amazon Prime, like buying festival movies, which is what they did with this one. Right. And it, it seems like they are also a little more into buying rights for movies to stream. Like they have a think a deal with Neon because like Parasite came pretty soon right. after and Portrait it. of a Lady on Fire. Yeah, so I feel like that is more their area, but there still have been some Hulu originals in the past few months. Like, um, I mean, we had Big Time Adolescence earlier this year, and now this is an even bigger, higher profile release, Palm Springs. Why don't you give us the synopsis you've written up here? I will. I thought about, as I was writing it, I was thinking about doing it in, like, you know those, like, trailer voices? Yeah. Where they're like, Sarah, the black sheep of the family. <laughs> you know, but I was like, that doesn't really work for me. Okay, so this is the synopsis of Palm Springs. Sarah, the black sheep of the family, is the maid of honor at her sister's Palm Springs wedding, where she meets Niles, the laid-back boyfriend of one of the bridesmaids. Before they can hook up, they are met with a supernatural experience which puts them in a position where they are unable to escape each other. Dot, dot, dot. But is that really a bad thing? Wow. Leaving <laughs> it open-ended. I like it. There's the synopsis. This is an interesting... I think... I mean, it's not, like, crazy, but it did have a bit of a weird ride to release. 
Um, apparently, Andy Sierra, I think that's how you say his name. He wrote the first draft of the script during his second year as a film student at AFI. And the script was a lot different then. And then he went on to write for TV and was redeveloping the script into a more ambitious project. And then the project was announced in November of 2018 and filming began in April of 2019 with only a budget of five million. So like not like a I mean, especially compared to the first cow, which we'll talk about after this, not like a low budget by any means, but it's still like a pretty very low compared to like other movies, especially yeah. the old guard. Yeah, which was 70 million. million, Yeah. So, yeah, I think probably because a lot of it is filmed in one location, it wasn't like they really needed a ton of special effects either. Um, So it's just very straightforward, which obviously benefited them in that regard. Well, and I... It definitely paid off because, I mean, it it premiered at Sundance, like, January of this year. And Neon and Hulu, so again, I think it's like Neon and Hulu are kind of working together on a lot of yeah. this. They acquired the rights to the film for around $17.5 million, which holds the record for highest sale for a film from Sundance. It's pretty which, impressive. I mean, it's paid off. It It's like easily the most popular movie right now. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, broke, like, streaming records. I think it was the highest stream movie this year. That could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what I saw on Twitter. No, I think I think if that if that's not uh, completely accurate, it's probably pretty close. Like, everyone I saw online, everyone I follow on Letterboxd was watching this. And I knew it was, like, gonna... I knew it was, like, a decently high profile release but i wasn't expecting it to be this big of a deal i guess when it came yeah out. yeah it's definitely kind of captured a lot of audiences and i feel like it's pretty pot like i ha- i've seen very few negative things said about this movie even if it's not like a mind-blowing film i feel like it's very hard to hate if that makes sense yeah so it's like definitely like a crowd pleaser and I think that the 17.5 million was definitely a good move for Hulu. Like, this is a huge, yeah, a yeah, huge easy. get for them. The first thing I'm going to say, which doesn't have anything to do with the film, but Hulu Originals, they need to stop putting a little watermark on the screen. I hate it. <laughs> why? They, why are they doing this? It's like I'm watching. They need to remind you that it's a Hulu Original. Um, it's just, it's so annoying. But that's, well, it's, it's the same thing as watching, like, a TV movie. Like, when you watch Hallmark movies, it's got Hallmark Channel in the bottom right corner. I know, but I don't like that. I, I don't like watching TV movies. If I, I, I like my full screen to have only the movie on it. I don't want a watermark. I'm paying for this. So, Palm Springs. Uh, I was looking forward to this, like, not in a crazy way, but I heard a lot about it coming out of Sundance that had a lot of good uh word about it and I like uh Andy Sandberg so yeah. I was I was I was excited for it and it's like a fun summer ish movie it looked like it was going to be so that was another reason I'm excited for it what about you were what was your kind of yeah I mean I like movies like this kind of dorky comedy bright colors yeah like bright colors <laughs> very rich and warm and like fun and Mm. you know going in that like 
you kind of like hope that it's gonna be enjoyable and that's what you expect you're not really expecting it to be anything that's specifically mind-blowing but you're like oh this is well shot we've got good people in it it looks funny so yeah you just hope it's gonna be a good time yeah i think that's another way they were probably able to cut down on costs is like like you said the color palette's really good and but the cinematography is not like anything like crazy it's obviously was pretty basically shot it looks more like a very well-made like tv movie if that Uh makes sense as opposed to some of like the more high budget feeling of the netflix originals not like the not like saying that they're better because they're not but like i'm just talking specifically about style did you like it what what was your thoughts because you didn't rate this so i don't know yeah um i did i i enjoyed it yeah. Um, I think, uh, and this is maybe kind of a spoiler. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll so... try to not spoil too much here. We're going to try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. But, but, I mean, it's pretty obvious that this is a time loop movie that's right. in the trailer and in the description. Yeah. Um, not our description because we yeah. kept it vague and exciting. Interesting. Um, and obviously it's hard to make any movie where you're stuck in a time loop not seem like Groundhog Day. And I know I read that they kind of, when they were writing it, instead of, to kind of steer away from Groundhog Day, made it that he was stuck in the time loop first. Niles was stuck in it first. Yeah. So it wasn't like him discovering, it wasn't about him discovering and trying to get out of the time loop. It kind of reminded me of Spider-Man Homecoming in that it, is it was nice to see that movie have it just jump into spider-man's arc rather than yeah. like having him discovering his powers that seems that it seems like an out there comparison but it gave me the same idea where it's like we've seen groundhog day we've seen like the character like waking up and realizing oh my gosh it's the same day and we still do get that with the character of sarah so we still get that perspective but it's nice to have also someone like a character that's been there and we don't it doesn't feel like as tedious as maybe it would have if that makes sense right it's like we can just jump right in to the story and i think it helped that they didn't do all the like same sort of tropes of it where it's like he knows exactly what's going to happen where it's going to happen you know because in groundhog day it's like oh, this server is going to whatever, right. drop this, and this is what's going to happen. Right. Like, the way that he functions in the world alters what's happening. So I like that it did that, because that also helped make it feel not like something that's been done before. Yeah, and I think it feels different just because his character, while it's kind of similar to Bill Murray's character in certain aspects of Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day is still... Like, it feels like the whole purpose of the movie when you're watching it is for him to get out of the time loop. Whereas when this movie starts, Niles is basically given up on that. And Sarah still is kind of in that mode. But, like, the movie feels very much about the romantic element of their in their relationship rather than it's all just about, like, oh, man, we got to figure out what we can do to get out of this time loop. 
I don't know. It feels a lot less stressful than Groundhog Day. And I love, I like Groundhog Day better than this movie. Groundhog Day is one of my favorite movies. But I feel like just the vibe of the movie is a lot different, even though if like the yeah. main concept is very similar. So even th- I think that the comparisons are obvious. No one's going to watch this and be like, it's nothing like Groundhog Day. Like it's very, it's obvious. It's like an obvious comparison, obvious inspiration. But I feel like it does enough to warrant like it existing if that you know yeah i think i came out of it having a lot of questions there's a few weird like they get how many days have passed with them together because they kind of do this like montage thing and then suddenly they're in love with each other and yeah there could have been more development a couple weeks was this a couple months like (laughs) yeah yeah like i get if you're spending all your time with the one person you can develop like feelings of attraction but it's like it all happens so fast in this like five minute montage in the movie without clarifying how long they've been there that it's like and it was all like some questions (laughs) it was all like fun stuff and it's like oh cool we're doing this thing and this thing it wasn't like i feel like i didn't get much time for them to like really bond and i think that did come with like they had chemistry but i feel like i've seen much better chemistry in romantic comedies than this if that right yeah like they definitely were fun to watch together but i don't think that their chemistry was like so good that all it takes is a five minute montage for me to believe in their romance well yeah because it makes it harder to like root for them yeah. When he when she like leaves and then he's just like wallowing. It's like how much time is still passing? How long has she gone? It's hard to root for him in that case because you're not really invested in their relationship as much because you're like, okay, they had sex one time and as far as we know, they're just friends outside of that. Yeah, it 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 there's some issues I feel like with the script in that sense. And it does feel like, I think they kind of try to counteract this. I think that they could have done a better job, but it feels like a huge male fantasy to me. Cause it's like, he's just stuck with this one girl forever. And like, there's no escaping, you know? And like she leaves, but he knows that it's, she can't do that forever. It just feels weird in that sense. Yeah, no, no, it does. I enjoyed the movie. I think it was fun to watch. I think, uh, like, I wouldn't mind watching it again if I had to. Like, I probably wouldn't go out of my way to watch it again. Like, if some friends were watching it and like, oh, come on. Like, it's definitely enjoyable. Like, I really enjoyed watching it. But it's nothing, like, crazy, I don't think. Yeah, no, I wrote the same thing. Like, it's not really special, but it also doesn't suck. And it's definitely one that, like, like you said, like, if I'm hanging out with friends and they're like, oh, let's pick a movie to watch, this is a good one to be like, oh, this one is one that we would have fun watching, I think. There's a lot of individually fun moments. I bet that if you do rewatch, there's some, like, little details you can pick up on because of time loop, the time loop mechanic, like, they, there's always some little things that the directors throw in there to kind of like like stuff in the background, you know. I think that the acting is pretty good. Like it's well acted by a lot of the. There's a lot of supporting cast in this, and I think they all do a good job. 
of kind of playing their own respective roles. One part I really liked is when like the, I don't remember what her name is, but like the bride of the wedding, like she falls over and breaks her teeth. I thought that was pretty funny and like how it I don't know it like there's a, it's fun to watch and I don't think it's anything that's gonna like stick with me for very long yeah I, I guess think... one thing that I was wondering after watching it and seeing like all the articles on Twitter and people talking about it if people would like it as much if it wasn't the only kind of content to consume right now because I don't think so. In comparison to like other original content that's out right now mm -hmm. that just came out, apart from maybe like The Five Bloods, there's not really anything else right now that's even comparable to this at all. No. So like if all it these feels other high movies, quality. yeah, like like theater releases, Soul and Tenet and Wes Anderson's movie, those are all things that would be coming out right, right now, now if we didn't have COVID. And I feel like this would be majorly put on the back burner. Oh, no. Which is this... like, I'm glad that it's getting the attention that it is. Yeah. You just wonder if it would be getting as high ratings or as high critical reviews if it wasn't the only thing really able to be reviewed right now. Right. It's definitely a product of its time. The idea of a time loop is something a lot of people can relate to right now. So it's yeah, very like much being like, stuck in something yeah, with it, one person. It's very much relatable to the audience of today. I wrote this in my review on Letterboxd, but I think a lot of it too is I was really able to enjoy it for what it was because I was watching it on Hulu streaming like a, as a Hulu original. Whereas if I had paid to watch this in a theater or even VOD, I think I would have been a lot more critical of it, especially if it was without COVID. And like you said, we have all this other content that's coming out that's gonna hopefully gonna be a lot more, like a, a lot higher rated than this is, right. if that makes sense. It's perfectly made for right now. And that's great, but I also don't think that if it had come out when all this other stuff was coming out, it would have been received the same. Yeah, which they got really lucky. They did, they did, which good for them. Much, yeah, like, I mean, I, obviously I would not diss it. I think it's an enjoyable movie. Um, and obviously we always want smaller, lower budget films to Small, succeed. Small, low budget, original, original quote script, because obviously there's inspiration, but like technically an original story yeah yeah so cool i mean i would recommend it like, i definitely if, would especially for people who enjoy comedies and enjoy stuff like this and it's I short think, yeah it is it's it's very short it's an easy watch it's enjoyable if you're looking for a fun movie night without the popcorn you know i think i think it's worth watching anyway first cow <laughs> That's our next movie we're talking about. It speaking is. Of, speaking of original stuff, this is a wholly original script. I mean, it was based on a book, but like the book is a pretty original story. Like, I feel like we haven't seen much like this before. Yeah, I agree. Do you want me to read the synopsis for this one or? Uh, sure. Yeah. Sit back, everyone. Relax. All right. <laughs> Cookie, a skilled chef, is traveling west with a group of fur trappers making slash scavenging their food for them. He runs into King Lou 
in a bar, and as they're chatting, they discover a cow in the landowner landowner's fenced-in yard. They secretly siphon the cow's milk at night and bake biscuits and scones, etc. with it, and sell them in the village for a massive profit. Will they get caught and executed? Will they make a fortune and travel further west together to continue their business? And then it just cuts off. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be just like a let's find out, and then you watch the movie. But no. Yeah, right. I mean, it's definitely interesting concept. Obviously, this is not set in the present time. Uh, cows, uh, they explained it in it that cows were very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and not seen as much, and were like selling for a lot. Like people were, I guess, selling cows. When well, yeah, and them. I, yeah, cows were definitely a high commodity because it's like a constant source of food and resources. Right. So, and I think you get that in the story where the fact that like just when this one cow arrives, how big of a deal it is when it arrives to this village. It's definitely great world building, which we'll get into, but just a little background that I found. It's based on the book The Half-Life by Jonathan Raymond. So then in December of 2018, it was announced that Kelly Reichart would direct the film from the screen from a screenplay she wrote with Jonathan Raymond. So this is the fifth time the two have collab- collaborated on a screenplay and the third time that it was based on a previous work by Raymond. So it seems like they're, at this point, pretty pretty like they work really well together i guess i mean pretty far into the relationship so this seems like it's coming out at a time where they're kind of at the height of their creativity as a Mm -hmm. group which is good you can see that i think in the movie it had its world premiere at telluride on august 30th 2019 screened at the new york film festival at on september 28th 2019 and then it was, I didn't know this, but it was released in four theaters in the U.S. on March 6, 2020. And then it was pulled uh, nine days later because of COVID. <laughs> and then it was released for purchase on VOD pr- platforms last week. And then it's going to be available to rent, I think, in a couple days after, yeah, on July 21st. Yeah, which we didn't even know if that was going to happen or not. When they pulled it, a lot of people were really excited about First Cow. And then, obviously, we got pulled out of theaters. And then there was really not a lot of word on whether or not people would get to see it. uh, Because, I mean, A24 has been kind of gatekeeping their movies right now. Like The Green Knight? Ugh. Yeah, like they've been, I don't know, just holding out on us. So I think it's its really good that we were able to get this. Well, and at yeah. a lot cheaper price point, too. Yeah, the, for... this is my ideal price point and how the dole out is. So on the 10th of July, it is available. I'm just going to use the HD prices because it's easier. Like for $14.99 and you get, you buy, that's to buy it. So you get it VOD forever um which is great which is great and then two weeks later then you can rent it for like 5.99 or whatever so i think that i know that's not a viable price point for like these higher budget movies that need to make their money back but for like these smaller films where they don't need to make as much of a as much of a profit on their films as much of a return i think this is great and i think it definitely even encourages more people to su- 
support films like this because like fourteen ninety nine for to buy it is a lot better than twenty dollars to rent like a Steve Carell comedy that's getting subpar reviews. I don't know. No, thank you. Uh, I was pretty excited for this. I mean, I love A twenty four as I am unashamed to admit. I mean, I don't love all their movies, but I think that it's just exciting whenever a movie of theirs releases. I feel like at this point, it's become kind of like an event among like film Twitter, even if like the movie isn't very good. I don't know. And we don't have as much of like eventized movie stuff right now. So it's just exciting to kind of have this come along and rewatch it. And so I was excited for the movie. I really didn't know much about like i had maybe saw one trailer before this yeah and that was in theaters like last year so i didn't really remember much about it yeah i saw like the original trailer that got released and then mm. never like read anything about it really i didn't really know what the plot was i just knew there was a cow yeah which i mean love to see it what'd you think when you uh when you watched it um i thought it was decent i didn't think it was great Mm. um obviously there's not a lot going on in this film like yeah, it's slower it's paced slow. it's like um, two hours too yeah it's more like just buddies making biscuits together yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like did you see um last black man in san francisco yeah yeah this t- kind of reminded me of that where i mm. mean even less going on in this one but like it's a lot less about the story it felt like and more about the environment you know yeah right 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 and about Um, the relationship yeah so i felt similarly about this one where like it's the pacing is really slow it does make me less likely to want to rewatch it soon i will rewatch it eventually but like just it's very slow but also i feel like it does add to the narrative so it's kind of like a trade-off where like yes if you have to kind of exert a little more energy to make sure you're paying attention because there are like stuff there is stuff that goes on throughout it where you have to pay attention to the story but it makes it like a little more like like i said like you have to exert a little more energy to kind of put yourself in it but again that's kind of like the kind of movie that it is yeah i think if it wasn't so like aesthetically stylized Mm -hmm. it would not have been very good yeah. Um, because it's got a lot of good color palettes. Mm. Uh, it's shot really well. The score was really good. I've been listening to the score since I watched it. It's so good. Yeah, it's very good. It's Definitely very a nice. contender for score of the year. Yeah, keep up with that uh, with the Secondhand Film Awards coming out at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the acting was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie besides like the technical aspects like you said. I think that there's not a lot going on like the dialogue is pretty um there's not a lot of heavy-handed dialogue, I guess, that you would expect from a story like this. So you have to get a lot of the sense of the characters and a lot of the development of especially the main two actors John Magaro and Orion Lee, like their friendship. You have to get a lot of it from just their facial expressions and the little things they say that aren't as like, oh man, yeah, last year my father died in a in a train wreck. Like, I feel like in these kind of movies, you would just get so much of that and that's how they would develop the characters. 
but in this movie they do a really great job of the show not tell where you right. see their relationship developing on screen and they but they don't have to like tell you it through their through their words right right yeah which is just props to the directing for sure for sure how did you think like the four by three aspect ratio in this that was one thing i was a little thrown off by i thought it was fine i i i i guess it made it feel more old-fashioned for sure yeah i do think that four by three aspect ratio is becoming a bit of a trope right now yes it is and i don't need every movie to be completely like 2.33 widescreen like i don't think that would have worked either but i would have liked maybe just like a 1.66 like just like a bit of a widescreen a a bit of a bigger because especially just to get in the scope of the area because i think the environments are really are really gorgeous and i think the best part of the movie is when you're kind of just watching these characters go through the forest and like you just kind of take in the scenery i don't know i felt like it just didn't match the the movie but also like it's clearly like she's the she's not like a unintentional director so it has an intention it just yeah i don't know i'm just very thrown off not thrown off i'm very dubious of four by three aspect ratio in movies right now because i feel like people can shoot in four by three and then automatically everyone thinks it's like a masterpiece yeah and i think like it depends on whether you're shooting film or digital Mm -hmm. because i've seen some movies um or short films uh that shoot digitally and then crop it to like a four by three or like Mm -hmm. a tighter aspect ratio not necessarily have to be four by three Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, the cinematography is so good." And it's like, <laughs> they didn't even shoot it on film. <laughs> like, not that things need to be shot on film, but right. it just feels more cheap when they're cropping it. Um, but I, sure. I think in this it's okay. Well, um, and because I think the cinematography does look so good and the shots look so good that it it makes it feel more genuine. Yeah. I just think one of my the best parts about this is I really don't like frontier type stories. Yeah, like, same. I I get so they're just I feel like they're so boring and first like it never makes sense like like little house on the prairie pa is the dumbest person like he's literally like putting his family in danger because like oh I want to explore the great outdoors but I don't know but this one I thought that it made they made the world feel really like exciting and new yeah. and i think that that is really commendable because like as you're watching it you are in like the mindset of these two characters who are really just trying to make their way in this uncharted territory and it it all just feels really like exciting to watch unfold as opposed to other frontier stories where it's just like really boring i don't know also i think it could just be the way it's shot too because a lot of frontier stories are just very bland looking yeah i think i like the beginning half more than the second half kind of for that reason because it was like you were seeing the expanse of the world and it and seeing how the people functioned and learning about the characters and their relationship and then the ends just like uh, yeah the last 20 minutes especially 
felt kind of like a drag. I feel like yeah, they I mean they're just running around the woods and they in should the have, river and sleeping, yeah. and it's like what is they should happening? have either fleshed it out more, like made it more of like a final act, or they should have just cut it because as it is, it feels kind of like tacked on, and it's like is this like the final act here or wait it's still going well so yeah because they're like this is a spoiler um yeah. they like get separated and you're like obviously you want them to find each other but they're not trying very hard <laughs> and then you have these random shots of that kid who like always wanted the biscuit yeah and has the gun <laughs> i don't know and what was like, up with him is he like gonna shoot them like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I it just it felt weird. Like it feels like I mi I missed like fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah, like it just felt like something was missing, or we needed some other kind of. I thought the ending was all right, um, yeah. but I think we just needed some other kind of resolution, sort of wrapping things up or making yeah. it more of a mission to find each other. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's already pretty long as it is, but I feel like maybe they should have, like, the ending should have had more development going into it to make it feel pretty final. Cause yeah, for how feels... much they built everything up in the beginning, it's yeah. like... Yeah, and I mean, I okay. love watching them make the food, especially, like, the food in this movie looks so good. Like, those those little biscuits they're making, they look, they look fire, and people are just lining up, and... I think like it all feels very tactile and you're really invested in what they're doing. And then it kind of just like, eh, just ends like they run away and they, they, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't live up to like what all of that came before. Yeah. And I just had a lot of questions at the end. I was like, wait, did they both just like die or like, is someone going to come shoot them? <laughs> like no one no yeah but i don't want to say one of the least satisfying because i've seen a lot less satisfying yes, cut, cuts yeah. to black but yeah. it's one of the strangest cuts to black i've seen in a while because it's like okay i guess it makes sense that it cut but it doesn't feel like it should have cut well yeah because you know that they're gonna die because you see the skeletons at the beginning yeah that's not a spoiler, um, that established just... the film and so when they lie down there, you're like, oh, okay, this is where, like, she found the skeletons, I guess. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I just, I had a lot of questions. I was like, so no one buried them? Like, they're not that far from where people would be, so you would think someone would eventually come upon their bodies. Did someone else yeah. bury them there? Like, I thought they were going to get shot and then get buried. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Um, obviously, happy that they died together in holding hands. I say that they were holding hands. I think um, they were holding hands. It looked like they were holding hands. So I'm I holding out that they were holding hands, lovers till the end. Yeah, and for then sure. And it's like, yeah, it just was a weird ending. But, it's, I mean, it's a good movie. I think there's a lot of people that... This is the kind of movie for them. They'll yeah. enjoy it. I think, yeah, I think it was good. I think that, like, in relation to Palm Springs, which we just talked about, like, they're both pretty similar in my mind, but for completely different reasons. Like, Palm Springs was really yeah. 
enjoyable and fun to watch and i enjoyed it the whole way through but it like it doesn't have a lot of meat to it and there's not a lot of like there's not a ton of like artistic like things going on and in first cow like there's a lot of artistic things going on and it's really like it's kind of like a nice like steak and potato dinner but also like sometimes i want something that feels a little it wasn't as enjoyable to watch. Like it definitely was. They're just very different movies, and for but like I feel like yeah, they kind of they both the same. have a farm animal that is prominently featured. Oh yeah, they do. Palm I don't Springs know. If Palm Springs has, has prominently but, featured. It. Well, it's it it is it's a big part of the story though. But it's we won't a big spoil part it. of the story. But you know, I, I mean, just as the... much as the cow was. It's not like the cow was even in the movie yeah. at all. The you cow was only in like fifteen two minutes. minutes of, more it was cow. like two minutes of screen time. It felt we like. needed more cow. Yeah, not enough cow content. The cow's great though when it's in. Cool. Well, let's move on to the third and final movie. Uh Netflix's original The Old Guard. We love Netflix originals here at Secondhand Film Critics. They're our favorite. Yeah. Every time we talk about them. <laughs> this is the epitome of a Netflix original. Though I do think it's better than some that we've seen and even talked about a little bit. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I don't want to get like into my full thoughts on it yet. I do think that the epitome of a Netflix original to me feels like Extraction with Chris Hemsworth that came out earlier this year. That yeah, feels a little... That. Don't watch it. Don't. But that and maybe like something like Triple Frontier feels a little more Netflix original to me. Well, I'll get into why I feel like this feels a little different, but let's let's read the synopsis here first. Yeah, okay, I'll read it here. Andy, a badass warrior, leads a group of mercenaries who have superpowers, making them immortal and immune to death. When a big pharma scientist discovers their existence and then realizes the extent of their powers, he tracks them to utilize their DNA for a new drug. Will they get away with their lives, or will they be trapped forever in an endless cycle of rebirth? Oh! Wow. The old guard. Yes. Going into this, I knew it was a comic book movie, but, like, the fe- like it's kind of like a quote-unquote reveal when it's found out that they can, like, they're immune, and, like, they're immortal. Right. And so when they aren't dead, it's like, oh, this feels... A little different but i mean that's why i think it feels a little different than a netflix original because like the first 30 minutes really do feel like just another like we're in the desert and we're in the army and we're gonna get the get the terrorists it feels like another one of those yeah yeah but like they definitely they tried to make it different i don't think if it works but i i they at least i mean they tried (laughs) yeah so the movie was originally purchased or well the rights were purchased by skydance media in march of 2017 um to the comic the old guard uh what kind of name does it explain why it's the old guard by the what does that mean well they're old and they're the guard (laughs) but is it guard a singular like wouldn't the old guard is it talking about andy then is it because the old guard is just one if it was them i would think the guards i don't know seems kind of dumb anyway i don't know 
Anyway, uh, Greg Rucka was the one who wrote it, and he also was the one who adapted the screenplay as well. Uh, he did sign the contract under the condition that the romance between Joe and Nikki was featured in the film adaptation, which is awesome. Like, yeah, good for him, good. which I can admire him for, even if I thought the screenplay wasn't great that he wanted to keep it keep the values that he had in the comic book right. um and also can be said for the characters as well other characters that he wrote gina prince bythewood uh was hired in the summer of 2018 and then in march of 2019 netflix picked up the worldwide rights and agreed to assist in financing the project uh, along with Skydance Media, which obviously gave it the $70 million budget, uh, mm. which is crazy. Uh, some That's other good things was uh, Gina became the first black woman to direct a big-budget comic book film, uh, which is very cool. Very cool. And then also the first comic book movie to have openly gay superheroes, which is also, also very, very cool. cool so we've just got a lot of good things i think worth saying about the production of the film yeah and about the director and about the you know the writer and the people that worked on the film obviously uh we know a lot about some of the people who act in it who uh -huh. also are very big advocates for representation in hollywood um, elevating women roles, uh, both in production, in crew levels, and also in, like, acting roles, the more visible roles. Uh, so I think it had a lot of good things going for it, and a lot of worth noting behind-the-scenes yeah. things that do set it apart from maybe some other Netflix originals. Right. Uh, doesn't mean it's yeah. a good that makes it, movie, though. Yeah, it makes it hard <laughs> hard for me to just say, like, yeah, this is not a good movie. It's not very good. I think the one, like, kind of big complaint I have is that it feels like it's trying to do too much at once. Like, you said yeah. that she's the first to direct a big-budget comic book film. This, to me, doesn't even... I didn't even cross my mind that it was like a comic book film because like it feels yeah, kind of or like that they were like superheroes yeah like it feels like half like kind of like a superhero movie and then half just like a regular action movie which and... like you could argue that that's a good thing in a way because it doesn't fall into the textbook pattern of like iron man or yeah. Thor movies um but yeah it just feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be, though, I think is my biggest issue. But some good things, like, I thought the action sequences were edited well. Like, they looked cool. Yeah, and I thought some of the, like, fight choreography was good. Some of it. Some, um, yeah, yeah. Like, when it was just the individual fight uh, between the two women leads... Yeah, I thought that, that was, was a pretty good, good fight. fight scene. It felt very similar to, like john wick punching fight scenes in the way it was edited yeah. and choreographed i thought that was good i did there was one specific shot that i liked uh but they were like fighting and there was a shotgun on the ground or something and he like hit it on the ground and it like fired into the person oh yeah it just like i was like oh okay creative cool, um yeah. and that was one of the first like fight scenes we got uh, yeah, and that then first I think they got less creative after that. 
But that scene, I was like, okay, because you're kind of establishing their abilities. Uh, well, so. yeah. Yeah. The one thing that makes the fight scenes worse is the music. The music every in this time, is so bad. Every time there's a fight scene, they're like, all right, let's put on a new track. It's like yeah, there's a DJ worst, in the back like, this is going to kick it. Worst soundtrack of the year Very so bad. far. Which it's, is a, just, a critique I've seen a lot. It just doesn't work with the story or the feeling or even like all the songs don't even fit together. Like there's a Frank Ocean song and then there's a Marshmallow song. And yeah, just, like it felt like they just kind of scrolled through like the top 40 of 2019 and we're like, all right, let's see what feels, pop songs can we throw in here that people will enjoy. It feels like they press shuffle on Spotify and they're like, so we have one, two, three, four, five. All right, there's our five yeah, songs. Yeah, like worst needle drops ever. Definitely not, not for our consideration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think... um. One thing I did like is I feel like the acting was not very good in this movie. I thought it was okay. I think Kiki Lane really kind of stole the show acting wise. I think she everyone did. else feels pretty one note. I don't like every like especially Charlie Theron. I felt like her character was just the her classic. Her character was so boring. The classic stereotype where like I've been through a lot and I'm not gonna show any emotion except yeah, maybe yeah. once. <laughs> I, I don't know. I definitely thought that. So I think that Kiki Lane, I think, really stood out in the movie just because she felt like the only one that had any, like, considerable range, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Dudley Dursley is in this, so just seeing his beautiful face makes it sometimes oh a little more to <laughs> tolerable. <laughs> one thing that I wrote down, which is just a funny thing, because this is obviously a movie that's pretty reliant on special effects um at the beginning I mean, when she million. was like standing and watching the news or whatever on the tv screen it was like the worst green screen job i'd ever seen like <laughs> putting a tv screen on like it was so obvious and oh, i was like oh god i hope like the rest of the sfx is not as bad as this and i think they were okay like there were a couple well, things that i was like eh. There's some weird thing like like at 70 million but there's still places where you look at it and like did they just cut corners on the cost here cuz like the location cards are so bad they look like they look like little they business They look like cards iMovie. They... No, it looks like something <laughs> somebody made it in iMovie, not like an actual graphic designer. But one thing I did say was that I think they were like trying to do something different than most action movies that do the like you know what i'm talking about where they do the letters that like type across the, the like, screen like they yeah have yeah sound yeah, yeah. Little, not like typing but the digital typing sound effect and i think they were trying to like steer away from that and make it more yeah. modern but it ended up just looking like like some ninth grader editing a youtube video yeah like, like on some basic title cards yeah, I'm here for like originality. Like I'm I don't really like the dee -dee -dee. I don't like that that much, but I mean Yeah, yeah. At least it doesn't look I like I would have rather bad. that than kind of yeah. what it ended up being. Like I was trying to think of alternatives and I was like, "Well, it'd be cool if it was like maybe like newspaper, like they did like a newspaper hmm. thing." 
Um, yeah. Since that was like a big, the news and in previous history was like a big part of the film. Like something that mm. made more sense with the, with the plot of the film. Yeah, the plot is not good in my opinion. Well, it's think... also so overdone. Like the whole we wanna we hear that this person has this and we're gonna like steal it from them and save humanity or like people who are like we're gonna create a new drug that cures cancer and then there's always that character who you know is bad but he's doing it for the right reasons because maybe like his wife died or his <laughs> yeah. kid died and then in the end he's like I was wrong like that happens there's so many weird things like that like um i don't remember their names like you said but kiki lane's character like at the end just drops it like i let my family know i was dead but they'll get over it just like they did with my dad like i was like oh well there were so many things that it was like they kept bringing up these things that were not as important and then the guy i mean i don't want to give away a plot twist but like one Mm. of the characters like his kid was his kid died and then i think I another think character so. his wife died and they're like we just wanted to find the drug and this happens a lot in like crime shows and stuff like yeah 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 so i, I think my yeah my, my biggest issue is that the plot it feels weirdly underwhelming and slow moving like their whole thing about i guess they're called the old guard i guess that's what we've figured established i don't know the whole thing about their group is that they're kind of like about fighting good and saving the day even like under the under the guise of like other people i don't know but they don't save the day at all like they're kind of just the whole movie well, no, is just about because you because in the end you learn that even if they're not doing a big thing that the person they save they're like but they didn't save anyone in this child. movie well, they stopped themselves from being. I that's whatever, what it, it, so I would have ra- to save. Yeah, I no, like it's. Just I want to see them in action. I want to see them do something. I feel like they don't do anything. Which and it makes I, the third act feel so boring. Yeah, it's no, like, I wrote down that I think a sequel has the potential to be a lot better, which they did set yeah. up for a sequel because the whole first half of this film is all setting it feels unnecessary but it's like they're just establishing kind of this universe they're establishing their powers Mm. there's so many conversations like about this dream thing that they have like where they're all connected yeah and i was like like it was okay the first time because they were showing not telling but then like later she's like why did i have this dream and then they like explain it and it's like you already showed us this why are you i had the classic trope of like looking at the person that's like gonna get mad like oh, we don't talk yeah about like there was just so much that of them establishing think, yeah. how everything works and the universe functions that i was like i'd rather you just show me rather than like explaining every single detail of their powers and their history and mm-hmm. these other people that also died because like they're <laughs> setting up it up that someone's gonna die one of them is gonna die so it's like yeah it's just this whole it's not it's a yeah it just makes it very boring compared to the rest of the plot like you said it would be more exciting yeah. for them to be like doing things than like this whole 45 minutes just recovering 
Kiki Lane's character. Mm-hmm. And every single time her being like, I'm strong and resilient and I'm going to fight you and, and get back to my family. And it's like, what? Like, Yeah. I just think it would have worked better as a show. I don't think it works as a as a one movie kind of thing. I yeah, think, like, I agree. Maybe like this... a limited series with like four episodes. I yeah, or maybe four I... or six episodes. Yeah, I just I think they would have could have established more. They could have kind of got more into this more specific characters. I don't know. Like I feel like in the movie format, it doesn't work as much. I'm more uh... interested in like their past than I am yes. in what they're doing in the present. Um, which yeah. obviously it's going to be going forward from now, um, in yeah. the present, but I think if it had been in a series, we would have been able to see kind of more background more and then stuff. like to the yeah. present. Cause I For think that's sure. what's most interesting. Like we hear all this stuff about how like Nikki and Joe are, have been in love for years and years and years and like mm-hmm. have this great, you know, they have this build up where they're like do this romantic scene or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like you're happy for them but you're also like you only just met them so yeah you you don't really get the 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 weight of the relationship it's like you're just kind of taking it at face value i agree um but yeah that's the old guard and i think that like even if i don't love i mean i don't love the old guard at all in any sense of the word um, and even like First Cow and Palm Springs, I really do like those movies. I have a couple issues with each of them. But I think that this this kind of movie weekend kind of reminded me of why like new release movies are so exciting. Because it's been a while since we've had something like this. And I mean, I feel like everyone, especially with Palm Springs and The Old Guard, like everyone was watching these and talking about them. And I think, too, like, they're all so different that, like, there's one for everybody. Because, like, obviously for us, we're more interested in something like Palm Springs or First Cow. But, like, my dad would not like either of those movies, but he loves The Old Guard. So it's like, you know, there's, I'm glad that, you know, there's a lot of variety still releasing in streaming right now uh because yeah. obviously that's something you get in theaters uh but not it as almost, much in streaming so i think i yeah. think it's cool it almost felt like i had like a virtual theater in my home and i was yeah. like all right so i'm gonna put on this new release movie that just came out and then maybe tomorrow i'll go see the new one like i don't know like it just was exciting and even though like each of like I didn't flat out adore any of the three. Like I enjoyed certain aspects of them. It was just, it was nice to watch some new movies that I knew yeah. like were like big deals and like everyone was watching them. Like kind of like a communal thing that you get at a theater, which I mean you can't have right now. So, but like right, yeah, it's a bit of a yeah. I agree that. totally. Like we said, they're available everywhere uh right now so you can yeah watch them. check and I mean, it out if you think we like it ne- don't necessarily take our word for whether or not you like it because like i said uh like i didn't love the old guard but my dad texted me and said that he loved the old guard so it's like there's an audience for everything don't everyone. be ashamed of liking any of these or not liking any of these just yeah they're all very different yeah 
that's our episode. You can follow us uh, at Secondhand Film on Twitter, at Secondhand Film Pod on Facebook and Instagram. And you can subscribe to the show on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Just search Secondhand Film Critics in the search bar, and we'll be there. Cool. And our next episode will be another addition to our series we've never seen. And we will be watching the movie Apocalypse Now. And we will also have some special guests that will be we will. in the episode. If you've seen the movie before, then you can rewatch it. If you haven't, then you can watch it on HBO Max. So it's available if you have that service. So you can watch the movie and then listen to our firsthand impressions of the film. <laughs> Exciting. Cool. Well, until next time, I'm Kayla. And I'm Noah. And, and we're, we're your, your second hand film critics. Film critics. <laughs>